first of all, I want to say you threw a fantastic party on Sunday. Uh, had a great time. I mean, that was only our second time watching uh, the Super Bowl together. Yeah, I, I told Crystal I thought that was only like our second NFL game we'd ever watched together. Uh, yes, and they both were Super Bowls. Yeah. Um, and I think the last time we had like 15 people crammed into your uh, old apartment. Tiny apartment, yeah. Absolutely. And Weren't so, the Rams? Uh, wasn't the Rams in that well, one too? Was it that Rams Patriots Super Bowl that was just like really boring? Like there really wasn't anything yeah. to get hyped about. I think yeah. I think you're right. Um, so, anyways, uh we made it. Like we, we made it through the entire 18 week NFL season plus playoffs, and we did a podcast every single week. Uh for for us to be able, considering the schedules that we run, um, to be able to find an hour plus every week to sit down and talk, uh, buddy, I just want to say thank you. Uh, that you know, th- this was a great way to uh, stay in tuned a little bit better to uh, what what was going on in the world of football. Um, yeah, so. and I and we I got to thank you too. I mean, every time we do one of these, you're the one that has to edit and put all these songs and everything in these and so um it's been it's been fun but what's awesome is that you know the job's not finished job's not done job is not done um so wrapping up football a little bit here um what is interesting to me is i mean we kind of touched on what I think ended up being the key factor of the Super Bowl several times in our Super Bowl preview show. Um, and that was the struggle that was going to be there for the Bengals offensive line. Yeah. Um, and really the whole game that they never really just, they never seemed to get it together. No. And I feel that, you know, Burrow was kind of um, under pressure most of the game. Uh, Got to give credit, though, to the Bengals. They've, defense played very well in the first half. Um, you know, you got to also give credit to the Rams' defense. Obviously, all the pressure they put on Burrow uh, and was the way that the game it, – it's crazy. Like you said, we said that that was going to be the key, and that's how the game ended. You know, Aaron Donald getting home. Um, a lot of people said Aaron Donald should have been the MVP of the game. Uh, I I disagree. I think they got the right guy. Um, right. Cup had an outstanding game. You know, it doesn't matter what you game plan against him. He's going to get his. Um, ended up making the game-winning touchdown catch. Um, but, again, this is a, you know, we're starting to see these new era quarterbacks now, Josh. I mean, you know, our – Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, all these guys are – Tom Brady are either at the end of their career and already retired or still, you know, you know, some people say Brady's not done yet, Josh. I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, but, you know, I think we're in good hands. Burrow, he just – no moment is too big for this kid. And what he did in the Super Bowl wasn't enough to win – but it's got to be just absolutely great for Bengals fans to look f- forward to this in the future. Just what Burrow's able to do in the pocket, keep plays alive, 
Um, if they're able to keep these offensive weapons around him and improve the defense a little bit, I, I think the Bengals are going to be tough for years to come. But kudos to the Rams. They got it done. Um, I said it was going to be a blowout. You said it was going to be close. Um, I think Peyton was the only one that picked the Bengals. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. And So you and me got it right, but you got it more right than I did. You you said it was going to be a close game. So, And I think – when you take a look back at this game, um, really, I think the inability for the Bengals to establish any sort of run game, any sort of consistent run game. Um, I mean, you, we talked on the podcast how, hey, we think that Joe Mixon can be a huge factor. Joe Mixon really didn't play a huge part of the game at all. Um, if you look – he threw a touchdown, though. He th- right, so he throws a touchdown pass. And, and, I mean, as much as, you know, I'm a fan of, you know, quarterback uh, or running back passes, you needed more of a run game from Joe Mixon. Um, but, again, I think that's a lot of credit to the Rams' defensive front, um, the Rams' secondary. I thought Jalen Ramsey, um, th- even the one big play that they did give up, honestly, probably should have been pass interference. Offensive, yeah. Offensive pass interference. Absolutely. Um, And, I mean, when you take a look overall at, you know, just your team stats, the the Bengals had 79 rushing yards, only 226 passing yards. It's just – it's one of those where you sit here and the Bengals needed just a little bit – more. I mean, Mixon had 72 yards, four yards per carry. He just never seemed to be able to break that one for yeah. 15, 16, 17 yards um, that really would have, you know, kind of blown the game open. Um, but I mean, overall, I think an incredibly well played basketball game. Football game. I'm watching a basketball game right now. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. Uh, an incredibly well played football game. Um, we're getting ready to talk basketball. We're, not we're getting ready to call b- basketball. Um, but I think you also look at T Higgins did about everything he could. Yeah. I mean, four receptions, a hundred yards. Uh, Jamar Chase still 89 yards. That You can't say enough good things about this young Bengals team. Um, but the Rams, man. Matthew Stafford. By the way, over 283 and a half was the bet, and the man threw for 283 yards. What a bad beat that was for a lot of people, Josh. Vegas is ridiculous. Like, I just want to throw that out. Like, Vegas is absolutely undefeated. Um, But if you would have told me that the Rams would have lost the turnover battle, that they would not have generated a single turnover minus that last turnover on downs. Um, I would have said they were in trouble. If you would have come out and told me that Odell goes down early, only has 52 yards receiving and two receptions, I would have told you that the Rams are in trouble. If you would have told me that the Rams, that Cam Akers, would have only had 21 yards rushing, that Sony Michelle would have had two yards rushing, that Daryl Henderson would have only had seven yards. I mean, 40, I would have told you. 
43 combined yards by the Rams rushing, and they won the football game. And you win the football game. I mean, it just – again, the, it was the Rams' defense that came down the stretch that made a play when it had to make a play. You know, and we're both NFC North guys. Um, I think we can be happy for Matt Stafford, though. Oh, 100%. Having to play for Detroit for the majority of his career to finally be able to make a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. Um, he was having fun at that parade, man. He was he was enjoying it. He was soaking it up. Um, but uh, got to give credit to Matt. He played a great game. Uh, did enough to win the football game. Um, now becomes the questions of who comes back. You know, Sean McVay's a question to come back. It kind of hints that he's coming back as a coach. Young guy that's already thinking about calling it a career at 30, I don't know what, 36 years old. Um, Aaron Donald, there's a question mark if he even comes back. I think they both return. They got a lot of guys that are free agents, so Odell being one of them. Um, this was an all-in year that paid off for the Rams at the t- at the table. Um, so now, what do they do after this? There's a lot of question marks. Uh, I'm this NFL offseason is going to be very interesting for so many different um, standpoints, different teams, um, free agent market. Um, so, but again, what a what a great way to end the football season. It was a great season. There's a lot of what an unbelievable playoff. So all the games were close, decided by one possession. Um, couldn't ask for much more as a football fan. I agree. And I think, you know, we needed a good Super Bowl um, after last year's clunker that really wasn't that entertaining. Um, it, it was great to have a competitive Super Bowl. They came down to the end. I mean, I know y- your house got a little rowdy when first play of the second half, you know, bomb touchdown, second play of the half is an interception, and we're all sitting there, are uh, the Bengals really? Because in the first half it was, are the Rams just going to blow this thing open? And they came back in the second half, and everyone's like, ah. Uh, are the Bengals really? I mean, it was just, it was a fantastic, fantastic football game um, that really wraps up just a great NFL season. I mean, the amount of parity that was in the NFL this year, um, you know, a, a lot of people talk about, you know, and I mean, if you look, you know, the next major sport to start up is baseball. They're in a ton of trouble. Don't even know if there is going to be a baseball season. Basketball, I mean, you can kind of say like, oh, well, LeBron and Curry. And I mean, you can kind of pick out of a group of four who's going to be in the finals. You take a group of four, that's probably you're going to be able to pick your champion out of that group of four. Um, But the beautiful thing about the NFL this year is that not a single person would have picked the Cincinnati Bengals to be in the Super Bowl. Even leading up to the Super Bowl, no one was really giving the Bengals that much of a chance. Um, and I mean, the parody that was in the NFL this year, you know, the expanded regular season, the expanded playoffs, still not a huge fan of. Um, but overall, I think the NFL is in a fantastic place moving forward. Um, and just as a side note, Packers are bringing back Rogers, old quarterback coach. I don't know if you saw that or not. I did. Uh, so I all signs point to Aaron Rodgers coming back now. 
to the Green Bay Packers. He's broken up with his West Coast girlfriend. Um, so all he has left is the, is the Green Bay Packers. And yeah. we will welcome him back with open, uh, immunized arms and say, welcome back. Here's a cheese curd. Go, Pat, go. Um, he, uh, unfortunately, that will be two rings that he's missed out on this year. So. Hey, look at this guy. <laughs> One parting football jab. Uh, we oh, look okay. forward to those next year, though. I Hopefully, my team will be a little bit more competitive. Um, there's been a lot of former players coming out and saying how awful it was to play under Nagy. Allen Robinson's kind of vocalized how he felt. And now Anthony Miller is also saying how it just was awful to play for him offensively. I just hope that that is going to change now. Um, I'm excited for the future of the Chicago Bears, and hopefully we'll get some more competitive talks next year during these times so well they can't be really any any less competitive right i mean if you go less competitive you're the detroit lions right is essentially where we are so uh oh that song christian (laughs) that song it's it's starting to be that time And, and you know we hinted toward this a little bit on the pod last week um Folks, I we both love football. We we really love football. Um, I don't know if there is a single stretch of the year where you and I communicate more than mid-February to that first weekend or second weekend, depending upon how the calendar falls of April. Yeah, exactly. And this is this is the time of year, man. Uh, the bracketologists are sweating. Um, the, you don't mention the word bubble to too many people. Um, it's just a great time of year to be a college basketball fan. Um, and this is, this is about the best time of year for college basketball people. Well, and the beautiful thing is in every sort of ranking imaginable from the net to the RPI, I mean, to the coaches poll, the AP poll, the ESPN power rankings, the CBS Sports 25 plus one rankings. Buddy, our two teams were right there. Our worst case top 10. Right. And this is, this one is where. I don't mind rooting for your team, and you don't mind rooting for my team. Like, I recently watched Kentucky. Um, I will be honest, I did not watch the game the other night. It was played. Uh, You didn't miss much, bud. I understand that. But I'm saying it was played at the same time as the Purdue game, so I didn't get a chance, but I was catching some on the bottom line, and I was like, ooh. But um, this is a wide-open college basketball season at its finest this is there is no one dominant team um i don't care what anyone says about gonzaga they play in they might as well play in the valley at this point and play Valpo <laughs> like 15 times a year because they don't get tested they get tested once a year twice a year maybe three times by saint mary's other than that who who do they play 
They don't play anybody. And then it comes to March. So, um, I mean, it, it's going to be awesome this last, what, three or four week stretch till the tournament. And yep. we find out a lot on Saturday at 1130 our time on CBS. We're going to find out who those top 16 seeds would be if the tournament were to start on Saturday. And, and I think that it's interesting. Um, you have a lot where, you know, like the top two teams in the conference, you, these new rules that they're kind of adopting to modernize the NCAA tournament a little bit. Looking at, you know, like the top two teams from a conference can't be, you know, like in the same bracket, things like that. Um, that really they're kind, they're kind of putting math in the tournament now. Um, you know, they're prioritizing regions for those top 16 Um it, it makes it a little bit more fun. And, and what it does is it does put a little more emphasis on the regular season um, and getting yourself put in a good position um, for, I guess these are almost like the uh, college football playoff rankings coming out here. Um, right. So, I mean, really, if you look, you have this week, you have next week. Um, and then the week after that, you got some of these smaller school tournaments uh, that kick off. I love um, those like Wednesday, like Wednesday night. You're like, what do I have to watch on TV? And it's like the the Valley playing at the Arch. The they played Arch City. Madness and Arch all Madness. that. Absolutely. Any any of those like those kind of tournaments where they play them. A lot of these home those small school tournaments they play at home sites, which I miss about like when Valpo was competitive, like going to the Arc and seeing those. The, the tournament being hosted at the arc. I used to love you pay 10 bucks to go see some college basketball. You can't beat that. Well, and that was the thing, man. Like when we were in college, um, I mean, going there, um, I was, I mean, like I was in the pep band there. So, I mean, I got into pretty much everything for free. Um, and so, I mean, you would go, so, you know, like view being the home team got that buy until Saturday, but then Friday night was played there and you had, you know, two games that Friday night, you know, and I mean, you had two teams there. You had two fan bases there or four fan bases there. You had four bands. I, it was a great time. Um, and, and it's sad to see a lot of places moving away from that. You know, I understand the draw of, well, if we go to a neutral site, you know, we might get a little bit better TV revenue, this, that, and the other. Yeah. But, and I, I, okay, I fine. I, I understand the thinking too, because it really does prepare the teams to play in the tournament. Um, the NCAA tournament that is because playing at a neutral site like that. Um, it's just something these guys got to get used to. And, um, it is a bummer, but, but I do love that time of year where the small tournaments are playing and it's geared up to, you know, the ACC, the SEC, the big 10 tournament, you know, you and I've attended the big 10 tournament. It's, it's electric. All, it's just so much fun to attend those types of tournaments. Well, and I mean, you know, I mean, you and I have plans next Saturday uh, to get together and just watch games all day. I think we have some plans the weekend of some of those bigger tournaments uh, to get together. I think we might have plans the Thursday of, uh, the you first know, round. yeah, don't tell uh, either one of our uh, bosses that, but uh, right. we might have to be working on something there. Yeah. Um, but, but again, I mean, if football's one, college football is one A uh, oh, for, sure. for for the two of us. So what what we're going to do today is we're not going to have anything um, super extensive for you guys today. Um, 
But what we are going to do is just give each of our top 16s. Um, so our sweet 16, if you will, uh, what we would say would be our top 16 teams in college basketball right now. Obviously, there's lots of moving pieces to this. I mean, Arizona's in a close one with Oregon State right now. They're only up like, I think, two buckets at the half at home against Oregon State. So I, obviously, there's a lot of moving parts to this. Um, and before we start, I think we do need to dedicate our allegiances uh, for yeah, everyone who doesn't know. Christian kind of hinted to it a little bit, uh, but I am a Kentucky fan. Um, every, listen, my dad's family is from central Kentucky. Um, and then as nice and as genuine of way of saying this as possible, being a Kentucky fan is inbred like it is in your dna when your family is from the commonwealth so right. i'm a kentucky fan uh, by nature of living up here um i follow purdue i will say i'm a little bit of a purdue guy i mean i cheer for the boilers um been to countless purdue games with you i always enjoy going to Mackey. um so i mean i kentucky is one Purdue is sub. I mean, you know, they're the rooting interest for up here. Um, right. So that is where my allegiances lie. Yeah. And I, as Josh said, I, I'm a boiler, uh, really became a Purdue fan um, in high school when we both, so I went to Washington Township and then transferred to Valpo. Uh, it wasn't the best. For a semester. Yeah, for a semester. Um, it wasn't the best move for me. Uh, I thought it was originally. It was really good friends with uh, Andy Martin and his brother, Scott, committed to Purdue. Uh, and then Robbie Hummel committed to Purdue. So then, obviously, I was really into that. We had seen Etwan Moore play in, in high school in the regional at Michigan Let's State. not – we're not going to bring – let's move on. Yeah. Okay, okay, quickly, go. But anyway, um, so I've been a Purdue fan since I was in high school, and then – even though Scott transferred to Notre Dame, I, I then obviously cheered for Scott, and he's now assistant coaching at Notre Dame. I do pay attention to the Irish a little bit just because of that, but I am a I, – I bleed black and gold. I mean, I, I'm a Purdue North Central grad, but my – hey, it says Purdue on the – It says the, Purdue, baby. So I'm a Purdue fan, um, Purdue grad. I just – I love the Boilers. I love what Paint does down there. Um we're really starting to recruit and get some big guys to come in, obviously with Jaden Ivey, uh, Carson Edwards previously as well, an NBA guy. Uh, well, he, he's playing in the uh, D league, I think right now, uh, G league or whatever they call it. But um, yeah, boiler up, hammer down. We got a good group this year. We just hope that we're not peaking at the wrong time right now. We've been, but Purdue just did play six games in 15 days, and it's the only team in college basketball that's had to do that um, and got out of it eight and one or six and wait, five and one. I can't. It was six games, eight games. I don't know. I can't remember exactly, but only team in college basketball that had to do that. Can we get it together, man? I'm Please. sorry. Was, like, what are we? I'm pretty sure it was sick. It was <laughs> so they were five and one. They lost to Michigan, but um, yeah. So boiler up. So let's get to let's get down to the nitty gritty. This is we need Greg Gumble, right? And here in the Midwest region, sponsored by Coca Cola, number right. one 
So, all right, who is your number one team in America as of right now, February 17th? Well, unfortunately, I have to pick Gonzaga. Like, right now, they're my number one overall seed. Um, I mean, I would say that if Auburn wins the SEC tournament, Auburn will be the number one overall seed if if things stay how they are right now. I think they could leapfrog Gonzaga, but I don't think that's going to – I right now it's got to be Gonzaga. All right, so the, the way we're going to do this is we're just going to give – so, like, we're going to give in quadrants. So, you give your top four. So, who would be your four number okay. one seeds? I'll give who my number one seeds would be, and then we'll, we'll go from there. All right, so my number one overall seed, as I said, was Gonzaga. Then my other three would be Auburn, Arizona – and Kansas would be my my four number one seeds as it sits today. Um, And I'm kind of giving mine in order because, like, when you watch it on TV on Saturday when they give the seeds, like, they'll say, okay, this is the number one overall two seed. Um, I'm giving them in order. So Kansas would be the fourth number one seed. You you do realize that – Kentucky beat Kansas by 20. I I do. Okay. I, I just want to make sure that you were aware of that. Yeah, I, I do. Trust me. But based on the overall work of Kansas right now, I would put them slightly over Kentucky after okay. the loss. Fair enough. Tennessee. Fair enough. Um, so my number one, um, I'm going with Auburn right now. Um, I mean, really, you look, yeah, okay, so they lost at Arkansas. Um, Anyone who knows anything about basketball knows that Fayetteville is a very, very tough place to play. Uh, When they start calling the Hogs, uh, whoo, boy, uh, just look out because when uh, that arena gets rocking, it it is a tough, tough place to play. Um, My second number one seed uh, right now, and again, it, it's where we think they're going to end up. I, I think that's where how I'm going to take this, how you think teams are going to end up. And Christian, I've been saying this, really, I think since you and I went and watched this team in early November, um, I've been saying that the Purdue Boilermakers are one of, if not the best team in the country. When they are fully healthy, which I do not think Jay Nivey right now is fully healthy. I think he has, you know, something going on with his legs. Obviously, like you just said, they just played like six and 15 days or eight and some crazy number of games. Um, I think they're fatigued. I think you saw that last night um, against Northwestern. Um, but all things being equal, I think Purdue is probably set up to be one of those top seeds as we roll into March. Uh, my third number one seed, uh, I am going to go with Gonzaga. Um, kind of like with what you said, Gonzaga is a little bit of a known unknown. However, they have beaten some teams this year that they would not, that we can't normally say that Gonzaga would have beaten. Like if you go back, they've beaten Texas. They've beaten UCLA and they've beaten Duke this year. Right. In quad one games, Gonzaga is six and two. So they've played eight quad one games. When you compare that 
compare that to some of the other teams we're talking about, like with Kansas, like with Purdue, they're not that far off on the number of quad one games that they have played. Um, so that's why I'm going to give them my fourth number one seat or my third number one seat. Um, th- this last one for me is tough. Um, I think there's probably three or four teams that depending upon how conference tournaments play out, I could see sneaking in to this spot right now. Um, I mean, you look, you got to say Kentucky could sneak in there. You got to say that if Baylor goes undefeated the rest of the way, Baylor could sneak in. Villanova in the Big East. Villanova just had a huge road win on the road against Providence this weekend. So, I mean, I think you look, there's lots of different ways that this spot could go. Call me a homer here, but I'm going to put the Cats in right now as that fourth number one seed. Um, When you look at what they've done and where they are projecting, when healthy, I want to say that, when healthy, because, yes, the loss a couple nights ago to Tennessee doesn't help. I will say they really were without Ty Ty Washington pretty much that entire game. Does that make a difference as do they win or lose? No, I I don't know. Um, But they have not lost at full strength with everyone playing a full game since the December loss to Notre Dame. So that's why I'm going to put in the Cats there um, as my fourth number one. Um, I will go first. We'll just kind of snake back and forth on this. Um, So I will give my five through eight now. Um, and again, so these are the two seats. So these are the guys who, Hey, depending upon where they're at could easily move up. Um, right now, I think that I'm going to throw Kansas in as, um, my fifth ranked team in the country. Uh, listen, I'm not one to say like, Oh, well, did you see, you know, I joked with you a little bit about that Kentucky Kansas game. Um, but I, Kansas is tough. And I think, you know, you saw that, um, how they've responded since that Kentucky game. So I'm going to throw Kansas there. Um, Next, man, I'm looking at the Baylor Bears. Uh, Scott Drew has a tough squad again. Um, And really, that's where, you know, Scott Drew kind of lives, is that toughness that we saw. I think the defending national champs are once again in a spot um, that – we could look at them possibly repeating. Uh, next spot, the my number seven overarching team. I'm going to go with Arizona. I know, you know, that's way lower than where you have. I just I don't fully believe in Arizona right now. Um, I I have lots of question marks. You know, they've. I'm I'm going to Arizona as my seventh ranked team, and finally my number eighth ranked team. Um, I'm going to go with Villanova. I think a huge road win at Providence. Um, I'm pretty high on the Nova Wildcats right now. So I will tell you, I have the only one that you we match up with exactly is Villanova. I have them as my last number two overall seed. Um, huge, like you said, huge win at Providence. Um, Providence is playing great basketball right now, um, but – you know, Connor Gillespie had a had a game, stepped up big, made some plays when he needed to. Um, 
you know, everyone thought he was going to be out with all the, you know, the injury questions. He kind of stepped up, did what he needed to do to get that to will the um, to will Villanova to a victory. So here's my two. So I'm going to start at the top. My fifth note overall number two seed is Kentucky. Um, so my number two. First number two seed, Kentucky. The Wildcats are playing great basketball, obviously. They could easily move up to a number one. You have them as the number one. I think they could be a number one. But as of right now, I have after the loss to Tennessee, because it's so fresh, I had to move them to that number one two seed line. Um, next is my Boilermakers. I have them on the two line underneath Kentucky. Um, again, this is a huge issue right now is that the boilers are not playing their best basketball as they were previously in the season. Could Jay Nivey be a little bit banged up? Could, could, you know, everybody be a little fatigued after playing this stretch of games? They could huge, huge game Sunday mid afternoon at Mackey against Rutgers. I'm telling you right now, if there's a team in college basketball in the Big Ten, you do not want to play. It's Rutgers. However, Ron Harper Jr. just got injured last night. He's a question mark now. With He's getting his left hand. It's not his shooting hand. Left hand looked at. That could be a huge deciding factor for Rutgers down the stretch here. A team that were not even in the conversation to make the tournament, who are now, I feel, after beating all the ranked teams in Big Ten play, are comfortably into the Big Ten tournament or into the NCAA tournament and now have an opportunity to win the Big Ten. If Rutgers beats Purdue on Sunday, Rutgers would be in the driver's seat to win the Big Ten. Crazy stuff. But Purdue, huge game Sunday. They got to win that basketball game. Um, They'll get an idea of where they sit on Saturday, and hopefully that riles that crowd up on Sunday afternoon. And then after is Duke. Um, I just I, I have Duke on this two line. I they're they're tough. They played a close one with Wake Forest. I mean, they were a half court heave away from losing at home to Wake Forest. I don't know if you saw that heave. It, How close that was. You know, it kind of gave me. It reminded me of the Hayward half court heave in the oh, in twenty ten. The yeah. exact same thing. You know, it. I think the one that the Wake Forest could have was even more difficult because he was going to the right, had to throw it up like the way he did. And to even get it close was impressive. He almost made it. So um, Duke playing good ball. And as I said, Villanova is my last number two. Um, So, but again, all of these teams are interchangeable. You got these big, your conference tournaments, your last two weeks of stretch of games. These are going to change a lot, but this is where I think they're going to be as of Saturday. All right, go ahead and give me your three line. All right, so my first three, you mentioned them. Baylor, Scotty Drew. Um, I got the Baylor Bears as my number one overall three seed. Uh, I think Baylor's playing, again, as you said, Scott Drew's got a team that could be cutting down the nets in April. But they are not playing their best basketball right now, I don't believe. I think they're struggling a little bit. Um, They really laid an egg against – Kansas and then um, but they're starting to pick it back up again my next one Wisconsin I I think right now Greg Gard has Wisconsin playing their best basketball of the season 
Um, granted, they just lost last weekend to Rutgers. Um, but again, Rutgers is playing amazing right now. They're playing out of their mind. Um, Johnny Davis is the real deal. Um, I feel like Jaden Ivey is the best NBA talent in the Big Ten, and I think he's two, two, one B actually. You know, um, then I have Texas Tech, the Red Raiders, right? Um, Patty Mahomes, Red Raiders. You know, a little NFL reference. Um, you know, Chris Beard's got those guys playing really good basketball in Texas. At, or and, uh, sorry, he's at Texas now, but. Texas Tech is playing good basketball. Um, and then my last one is Providence. Um, again, rough game, that 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 Villanova game that they weren't able to pull off at home. But I feel like their body of work is good enough to keep them on that three. I think they beat Villanova. We're talking a possible two seed for Providence. But I think they dropped to the three line. They could even drop to the four line. I have them as my last three. It could easily be a four. Um, so that's those are my threes. All right. Um, so mine, you mentioned them, uh, Providence, um, which, which is interesting having Nova and Providence that close. Uh, and I think, you know, with what whatever the result would have been on uh, for that game, it just would have flipped for yeah. me. Um, then my second number three, Illinois. Um, one of the things that I really believe is that when you get into March, if you got a big dude who's really reliable, you're going to be all right. I uh, Kofi down there for Illinois. Um, it's tough. I mean, there's no way around it. Uh, my third number three, you see, uh, lay, I give me the Bruins, uh, Johnny Juzang on those boys out there. One thing I know, they can score the basketball. Um, and if they get hot, they are once again positioned to be a Final Four team. Um, my last three seed, Duke, I hate them. Coach K is despicable. I cannot stand him. I cannot wait for him to be gone. Um, I look at Duke as a very possible first weekend out. Um, a very possible first weekend out. I would love if they were first weekend out. <laughs> Uh, so you have them sitting on the two line. Uh, I have them barely on the three line. Yes, my personal feelings towards that trash school is getting in the way here. I don't so, care. So for I our don't list- care. Christian Leitner should have been kicked out for stepping on a Minu Timberlake's chest. He should have been kicked out. Duke is garbage. They are tra- Nobody cares about them. Puke University, get out of here. So Duke is going to be the equivalent to our college basketball uh, broadcast as Minnesota Vikings were to our in, in well, uh, okay. Let, let, let me do this. There is a school that also resides in the state of Kentucky that I will not speak its name. I will simply say, keep them down and they stay there. Uh, a university that has hired prostitutes for underage children uh, a university that has hired strippers for recruits and their fathers, uh, just a despicable university uh, that I, they are spiraling out of control. Yeah, they we are. are talking about relevant basketball teams. Well, this school is irrelevant. If they were relevant, they would take the place. Um, Duke is, is on my number. They're probably my third or fourth. Um, 
team that I despise the most. We're going to get to number two. Number one is that school up 64. That's just a bunch of losers. I mean, they, they throw L's is what they do. They I have throw a, L's. I have a feeling I mentioned, I have um, previously mentioned the team that you despise. So, so, but we, we will have Duke as my last three seed. Okay. Um, my four seed. Um, this is where, man, like, I don't know. Because these four seeds, I, I feel like the if you look at this, the 12 through 25 can fluctuate so much yeah. uh, during any given year, um, especially this year. Um, my first four or my first four seed, uh, a team that I'm going to go see play Sunday afternoon, uh, the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, my cousin just moved into Madison. Um, so we're going to go take in a game at the Cole Center. Um, I I need to do this to get over some PTSD for me. Uh, again, 2015, the greatest college basketball team in the history of the sport uh, to not win a championship. The 2014-15 Kentucky Wildcats are the greatest NCAA team to never win a championship, period, hands down. It's not even close. Um, Lost to the Badgers. Again, that is the only Kentucky game that I have ever let out frustration towards my wife. The oh. only one. Is that, that's Frank Kaminsky, Decker. Frank um, the Tank, Sam Decker, uh, Nigel. Her, uh, Harris? Yes, I believe. I, again, just irrelevant people. Um, <laughs> but, Yes. So, so was that I, the team that you were referring to? That's your second most hated team? Absolutely not. Oh. We're getting to them. Oh, we, okay. we will get there. Um, my next four seed, uh, the Red Raiders. Again, you have them just a seed line up. I uh, could easily move them um, up to that three line, depending upon how things play out. Um, this next one will probably surprise some people because in no way – um, are these guys going to appear on Sunday on this line? However, um, the months of the year are January, February, Tom Izzo, April, May, June. Uh, Tom Izzo just, he coaches March. That's what he does. Um, so my third number four seed uh, is going to be Michigan State. Um, then my last four seed, uh, this will be the school, Christian, that is on that two line for me on teams that I can't stand. Um, they wear a prison jumpsuit as their school colors. They have a fight song that should be outlawed. Uh, because their their pet band has no originality. They only play one song. They're a disgrace to the SEC. They lost to a Big Ten team in a bowl game in their home state when it comes to football. Oh. They're playing a dude who has been there for seven years. They call him Air Fulkerson or whatever. Tennessee, I'll give them a four seed. I hate Tennessee. They low down. They dirty. They some snitches. If you haven't seen the video, get at me on Twitter. I'll send you the video. Um, <laughs> I hate Tennessee. I hate everything about them. 
but they're, they're playing some pretty good basketball right now. Uh, their defense is pretty high up in the defi- in the defense efficiency ratings. Um, and I think as long as they don't have to play in a rep arena, uh, they might be okay. Um, so, but Tennessee is going to be my fourth four seed heading into Saturday. Okay. Well, um, you're not going to like it, but my number one four seed is Tennessee. Um, That's after, fine. after what they did at home against Kentucky, I think uh, is going to be fresh on the committee's mind. And that's going to be one of the reasons why they're going to get a number one overall four seed. My next team is Illinois. Uh, You had them on the three line. I have them on the four line. Uh, They just recently lost to Rutgers, which again is not looking like a bad loss anymore. Um, Originally when Purdue lost to Rutgers, everyone viewed it as a bad loss and they lost on a half court heave from Ron Harper Jr. That's what it took to beat Purdue at at the rack. And Rutgers, for those of you who don't know, the rack is a tough place to play. It's where Big Ten teams go to die. New um, Jersey's just built different, dude. I mean, there's no is. other way to put it. So um Illinois is my is on the four line for me. My one that you didn't is Texas. Um, I have Texas on that four line. Um I think that they couldn't easily not be called on Saturday, but I, I, I just have a feeling that they're going, they're going to hear their name called. And then I have, I've written down two teams, Josh. That I have, well, you only get one. I mean, this I is, know, this I is know. the top 16. So Christian. I, I'm going with, so I'm going to tell the two teams I wrote down. I have Michigan state and UCLA. Um, and I think as of right now, UCLA is playing better basketball than Michigan State. I know, I know you talked about Izzo and that Michigan State really doesn't get going till March because that's when Izzo play, gets his team ready. He's a great coach. But for me right now, after Michigan State just lost to in Penn State, huge loss. That, that is a bad loss. Um, UCLA they played a triple overtime game against Arizona state at Arizona state. That's a tough loss. Um, but I think UCLA makes it on that. You even had them on the three line. I'm going to have them on the four line. Um, so for me, that's what I'm sticking with UCLA. And again, all of this is so, um, interchangeable interesting yeah and i mean here's the other thing i think teams that are like on the three and four line that are that are going to benefit are in the conferences that are good conferences from top to bottom you know you have conferences that are top heavy big east being one of them the big east is top heavy the sec that is a that's the sec and the big 10 are two of the most consistent from top to bottom, you know, you have your bottom schools, right? But your bottom schools in the Big Ten and the SEC are going to beat those bottom teams from the Big East and uh, from the Big 12, you know. Um, right now, as it sits, SEC's got two teams in the top five and five in the AP top 25. 
Big 10, five teams in the top 20, and nine teams that are, as of right now, as all these bracketologists have, are in the tourney. One of them being IU, which are technically, as of right now, according to Joan Lenardi and um, Andy Katz's, I looked at both of their brackets, are in a play-in game for the 12 seed. But nine teams from the Big 10 is the leading of any conference um, in college basketball. So those are those conferences that when you're a bubble team, when you're on trying to fight between seed lines that benefits you in March, according to your resume, and you talked about quad one victories, you know, they look at that stuff. Um, So I'm excited to see what the committee says Saturday morning, what, what these 16 teams are. And I'm excited to break it down next week and see where we were right, where we were wrong. And then then you're looking at, okay, how did those teams jump? Let's say some teams not even on our list jump our teams. How did they get there? What is the committee focusing on? Because I feel like that changes year to year. We never really know, is it quad one wins? Is it, you know, and never anybody that thinks that the AP poll has anything to do with seeding in college basketball, you're wrong. It is not even if you're number one right now in the AP poll, you could be a four seed. It the committee doesn't even look at the AP poll. It comes down to quad one wins, your bad losses, your your schedule, the teams, and they even look at how many points you beat teams by. I mean, it, they dissect it to the to the very, very, very minute thing on your schedule to try to break these teams apart into seed lines. And I'm excited to see what we got and how many we got right. I mean, we could be 100% wrong or 100% right or just – it's just going to be interesting to see. And the beautiful part about this is exactly that. We all just get to sit around and enjoy the ride. Um, You know, you and I have our day next Saturday – um, and then, I mean, moving forward, you know, you just sit and it changes night in, night out. I mean, one shot here, one bounce there is the difference between a one seed and, and an eight seed get, you know, moving on, uh, you know, it's the difference between a team clinching a one seed and having a nice smooth path and dropping down to that two seed and maybe having some trouble. So the beautiful chaos that is college basketball, and and we're transitioning now to that here on LR Weekly. So from us to you, uh, thanks for joining us this week. Enjoy the basketball, and we'll catch you next week.